Carry on my son. I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. Lay your weary head to rest. I'm Steven. Don't you cry no more. And this is Monster of the Week, the supernatural shipping podcast, right? That's pretty much all we're going to be talking about, right? Shipping all day, every day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a brief introduction, since this is the pilot episode, uh, we're going to be covering every episode of Supernatural for as long as we can stand to watch them. Which yep. this may the only be the this might be the episode. This might be the one oh. done. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all three of us are really, really big fans of Supernatural for various reasons. Whether it's because we are in love with the Winchester Brothers, or we just really love that Americana folklore stuff that they do so well, or just or just classic rock. Like this is basically a great mm. soundtrack for. Uh, for jams absolutely chris where did you first start watching supernatural it it was around 2007 2008 whenever season three or four was it was around that that time when it was airing on tv uh, and a friend of mine didn't have cable but that was the only channel that would he, he would get was the cw or wb whatever it was back then and he would just say hey i've been watching the show he rented the dvds one day said watch the show with me I didn't like it at all. I thought it was really weird and corny. <laughs> but back when I was in high school, we hung out all the time. So he would just put it on all the time and be like, hey, man, come on. Let's just watch this. Uh, and by the time we got to the end of season one, I was finally hooked. It took it took a little while. It took almost 20 episodes for me to really get into it. <laughs> it took 22 just, hours I'm, to convince yeah, you to keep watching this. casual watching. <laughs> but then I, I finally, when, uh, when all the stuff starts to happen with the demon blood and i don't want to go into spoilers in case for some reason somebody's listening to this who hasn't watched it before uh, but all that stuff started to culminate into something bigger and i was like okay i'm on board and from then on i rewatched every season uh, close to seven or eight times probably now wow. uh, i've seen yeah i used you know i watched it with family members with different friends throughout my life i just kept rewatching it and i don't know why so looking back at these episodes now has been very uh very bizarre it's like looking into like a, a piece of my life that i haven't revisited for some time but yeah why was i so obsessed with this show this doesn't make any sense <laughs> very strange steven what about you when did you start watching uh it was actually roughly around the same time it was near the uh the second half of when season three was um no, no, I take the back. It's when uh near the second half of when season four was on. Um I uh went up I was visiting uh my sister in uh North Carolina at the time and uh she's like, Hey, you know, have you ever heard of the show, you know, Supernatural? I was like, No, I don't I'm I'm not really a huge TV person. I don't really like uh a lot of the times, especially uh cable television, yeah, you know, it's kind of stuff, you know, they're they're good episode to episode, but it's you know uh at first, I was kind of like Chris. I, I watched the first couple episodes, and the the very episodic television nature of it kind of put me off. I'm like, ah, I don't really like this. I like when a story is tied together more, like a miniseries. Uh, and very similar to him, once I got to when they um, actually kind of like, yeah, no spoilers. When the meta <laughs> uh, plot actually starts taking place uh for at least the first five seasons that arc when that kind of uh, really gets going is when i was absolutely hooked um and i had borrowed uh the first two seasons uh the dvds of them and so i had to mail them back up to my sister and then i immediately <laughs> went out and bought the first three uh seasons that were on dvd and it sucked because i got to the end of season three 
and and then I had to wait <laughs> until season four came out on DVD yeah. to actually see what happened. So I was like, oh no. <laughs> so yeah, that and then I've done a very similar thing. The first five seasons I've watched through a good five or six times at this point. Nice. Um, and I've seen seasons six through eight about twice. Okay. Okay. It was like a comfort food. I used to yeah, it, it, it really just... was just like that. This used to be like I started watching this as it was airing. Like uh, my wife and I had just gotten married. We had just bought our first house, and um, because we were a married couple, we didn't do anything exciting anymore. So like just sure. looking up teen dramas <laughs> to watch on the CW, right? Like that's the only thing. That's the only way that I could. I could really. Li- I was living my life vicariously through Sam and Dean, is what I'm saying. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, so I was doing the the week to week episodes, and like looking back now, I have no idea why I stuck with this show at all. Like the first couple of episodes that we're covering today are. Like the first episode is interesting because it does a lot of world building, but they immediately go into just like a, a second episode that where they're just spinning wheels for like thirty. Yeah, there's minutes. a whole lot of nothing happening. <laughs> and I, I I remember like throughout these seasons, like it's always like the first couple of episodes of a season has like some really good strong like that metatextual story thing happening. And then it's the last couple of episodes that have like a really strong flavor to that. And yeah. then everything in the middle is just fucking miserable. So <laughs> that's, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm looking at this stuff and I'm like, I was looking through episode titles last night and I was like, wow, this is not going to be, I mean, there's some standout episodes, but like not for any of the right reasons. Like in season three, there's a whole episode about a racist truck. Like, like right. it's just, that's some of this shit just doesn't even make sense. We get bugs which is about bugs. bugs. <laughs> <laughs> Just about bugs. Yep. Yeah. We go from, I mean, the first few episodes, especially in season one, it's all tackling popular urban legends and popular folklore. And then you've got bugs. Yep. So I don't really know lots of <laughs> Well, the, the weird, the stereotypical thing of that episode is it's an Indian burial ground. That's right. You're this right. What's going yep. on. Oh yeah. <laughs> so they shove that in there. I, I think that may have been the hook that really got me at the first was like the idea of this quasi horror story covering like individual stories out of the out of the like American Americana folklore. Like that's really really interesting. Like yeah, the second episode that we're going to be covering today is about fucking Wendigos, and like I've read Wolverine comic books, I know what a Wendigo is. Yeah. <laughs> like, right? like it's and it's all stuff like that. Like we're gonna see um, vampires, we're gonna see uh, shapeshifters, we're gonna see all kinds of shit. And um, for most of it, it's like their own kind of take on it as well. Like they don't take yeah. a lot of things wholesale from popular culture. They always try to twist it a little bit, which I can appreciate. Yeah, and even the stuff that they do, they still put their own spin on it. That makes it pretty cool. Yeah, like yeah. Even they like they eventually do clowns. I think in season two, <laughs> yeah, which is great. And then um, you know, around season five, that's when the show really starts digging in even harder with like the meta stuff, like acknowledging that's that so it's a show. Good. Like at one point, the boys are going to a um, like a convention, like a, a supernatural con. Yep. <laughs> oh, it's great! So good. <laughs> And that, I think that that's when the show really shines is when they let their writers loose on all of that, because that's like the best episodes. Um, those are like the best episodes to me. That's what keeps the show worth watching in my mind now, currently, like going forward, is those, are those meta episodes or those one-off comedy episodes. Because it takes yeah. a show that has 11, 12 seasons to be able to be that funny with their characters still within their own world. Absolutely. And it's... And sometimes it works really, really well. And sometimes it's just like, why the fuck am I even watching this? <laughs> hey, they did a musical. Yeah, they when, did a musical it episode. Land, though, it's really great. Like, it is 
I don't know how they ride that line when they do actually nail it, how they ride the line between like, they have me laughing really, really hard. And then they'll flip it back over to me being incredibly sad about what's happened to a character within like a couple of episodes. Um, and I think that's incredibly impressive uh, for a TV show to actually be able to be able to manipulate uh, emotion like that. Yeah. I think it's true. The, the entire cast and crew is aware uh, that you have to be able to stretch your imagination a little bit for the show. And if you take just one step back, everything is is absurd, completely absurd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because they know that, it makes the absurdity okay in a lot of ways, at least in my mm. mind. <laughs> yeah, it's it's and just like a, a lot of these like teenage drama shows, like these dudes are not teenagers and not played by teenagers. Like I was no. <laughs> I did I did the math yesterday and Dean is literally thirty eight years old as of yeah. season twelve. Like uh, that is ridiculous. fucking ridiculous. Go get a real job. <laughs> Stop fucking with these demon shit. <laughs> my my favorite episodes are the ones where Sam and Dean just go into like a high school. Uh, yeah, with, with guns on them and are hanging sure. out with teenagers, asking them questions. Hey, I heard your friend went missing. Want to tell me about it? No, I don't know you. <laughs> yeah, get away from me, creepy old guy. You just randomly showed up in your awesome looking car. That's okay. There's a, uh, I think it happens in episode two where uh, they show up to a crime scene basically in like their civilian clothes, which for Dean yeah. is like like flannel <laughs> and blue jeans. <Yeah. laughs> he looks like he looks like he dropped out of a, a Kevin. Uh, Kevin Smith movie. <laughs> he's yeah, just yeah. hanging out at a fucking mall somewhere. But yeah, like, and eventually they get better at this, which I think is kind of a cool arc. Like, the boys are pretty amateurish right now when they start in season, episode one, but they get better and better at, like, conning, you know, cops, and they get better at their actual hunting skills, which is pretty interesting to watch. I guess we should probably describe the setup of the fucking show, right? We found yeah, that we spent 20 minutes talking about idea. it. <laughs> So Supernatural is a TV show that follows two brothers whose uh, mom was mysteriously murdered by some weird supernatural force when Sam was a baby. Sam is the youngest brother. Dean was four years old at the time. Uh, Their dad goes on a hunt to try to track down this weird supernatural force and becomes what's called with a capital H Hunter. So hunters are these dudes that go around and basically take care of all of the weird supernatural shit. So that doesn't, they don't you know kill normal people like me and Chris and Steven. Uh, it's basically kind of like you're a like a long term eighteen wheeler, like a truck driver, except like yep. without. It's just even worse, <laughs> like, or more awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, I guess do you, do you guys want to get into the first episode at this point? Yeah. Let's do uh, it. Yeah, because a lot of that setup is in that first episode. Yeah. So, uh, episode one is just a pilot. Uh, we open, as I mentioned earlier, with the you know that you're seeing. The Winchester mom, whose name I've totally forgotten and won't really matter until a Mary. few seasons anyway. Mary, yeah, there Mary. we go. <clears throat> uh, we see Mary, you know, waking up. She hears Sam crying. She goes to check on him. She sees her husband, you know, looking at him, goes downstairs, and then, surprise, the husband's actually falling asleep watching TV, which, you know, hey, man, fuck you. Like, help help your wife take care of your crying child. Like, what are you doing falling asleep in front of the TV? But yeah, so she goes back up and then uh, realizes something terrible has happened, starts screaming. It, it, she just basically just is lifted to the roof at this point, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we don't see that happen. Like we hear her scream from downstairs. That's when we see uh, the dad, John. Uh, he wakes up because he hears that, and then he runs upstairs. Uh, and then whenever he gets in there, actually, nothing seems like it's wrong. Um, and then that's whenever he, you know, he leans over the crib to look at Sam, and then some blood uh, drips on his hand. Yeah, uh, at that point, his he... his wife had just been. Uh, pinned to the ceiling above 
nothing yeah, weird about that's that. What, that's when that's revealed is whenever he looks up and he actually sees her up there. Everything was still normal up until that point. It's only afterwards that she catches on fire, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, she's uh, she's bleeding uh, from her uh, abdominal region. Yes. I don't know if at this point it's supposed to be what they later make it. Um, I'm not entirely sure because there is this is either intentionally or unintentionally setting up a lot of stuff yes. uh, for much later down the line. Now, I don't know if this is a question I have. We don't necessarily have to answer it now, but I've always wondered what the symbolism is supposed to be because obviously this isn't the only time that this happens. But is it just a random horrible thing to have happen to a person or is that pinned to the ceiling on fire supposed to represent something else? I know what it leads to uh, plot wise, but what is the, what, what's the point of her being on fire on the ceiling? It looks creepy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is it, just it looks cool. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, because we're gonna we're gonna later find out that um, this isn't a unique attack in the world. Like, there's mm-hmm. been several of these. I think that this is. Um, I always looked at this as a ritual. Like, there's a mm. purpose in doing this to specifically to Sam, and it's going to change Sam in a way that's going to be really really interesting later. Um, by the end of the season we're going to start realizing like what's going on with sam and why this is affecting them so but but i don't know it's never really sufficiently explained you know for for a show that has you know 12 times 22 episodes like 150 episodes at this point some of this stuff is just very badly explained and some of it is yeah. way over explained it is easy well, to forget like you say there's there's ritual and a lot of what they discuss and a lot of what they deal with is based on ritual and just these old strange happenings in the world things from urban legends and folklore but like you said we just we just sort of brush through everything they have to get through the action of an episode of an episode in 45 minutes they just have to breeze through everything so we sort of leave the explanation we leave what to me is the creepier stuff we kind of leave it to the side in order to get through the emotional drama or the physical action of an episode yeah, they they very much want to throw you into this and set you up and then turn turn the world loose, turn you loose mm-hmm. in the world, and um, and then immediately apply the brakes in episode two, which we'll get to. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, though, we come back and we visit this this actual instance a little bit later. Uh, That's right. It, it's going to be much later, actually, uh, with a little more context, and that way, there's a tiny bit more explanation. Yeah, there's nothing really that I can remember specifically, uh, unless it happens like after season eight, because like I said, I didn't watch past that. Um, which I guess is weird. I'm going to have to do that now, aren't I? Uh, <laughs> Y'all, there, there's a, uh, if you guys don't even go look at the cast for the latest season of Supernatural, because okay. just the casting has a huge spoiler that is fucking, I can't believe <laughs> oh. they're doing it and it's dumb. <laughs> like, Actually, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I saw that. I was a little bit bummed at seeing that. For the listeners out there, we, we've talked about spoilers a couple of times. And uh, just, just to clarify, we're going to try to keep, I, I, like, I, I think it'd be fun to, have this podcast be like a watch along like so you could watch yeah. a couple of episodes listen Definitely. to this and then so we're, we're going to try not to spoil it i think most people who are into supernatural like are already well into supernatural so right. if we if we're oblique about certain things you probably already know what they are and if not we're just trying to protect the people that maybe haven't seen it yet so. but definitely spoilers for the episodes that we're covering 100 percent. yeah i think that goes without saying but that was more experiential, so you know we can get to the reveals and then actually reveal them. A little more fun that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we see this whole sequence of events where the mom is lit on fire at the roof, and it creates this crazy visual effect that definitely Sam won't will not remember, and it will not you know, cause him to have a bunch of mommy issues or anything. No. Oh no, no, this won't come back up. Daddy John comes in and uh, 
John Winchester is played by the incredible Jeffrey Dean Morgan. So yeah. a fun game to play when you're watching Supernatural is to always look for the guest stars. And when you see Jeffrey Dean Morgan's name pop up, you, you are always in for a treat yep. of an episode. <laughs> Although, like, I, I, I don't know how sincere you're being with this. Jeffrey Dean Morgan has, like, later on in, like, The Watchmen, as say what you will about that movie, he's great in that movie. Uh, and then the stuff he's been in in, like, The Walking Dead, he's really good in that. Uh, and later in this show, he gets good. But I think, like, his the first few episodes he's in, like, something was going on. Like, he, <laughs> it kind of felt like uh, whenever he would say things, it felt like I was watching one of my friend's parents in a stage play. <laughs> like, they're just, like, <laughs> awkwardly standing there and, like, trying to be really sincere with what he's saying. But I was like, oh dude somebody got acting lessons. that's because he was he was playing their father and i think he's maybe 10 years older than jensen ackles <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just like what the fuck guys i'm not that old <laughs> they tell him he's gonna play this dad in this show about oh, oh yeah two young boys are okay he's like what no 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 they're in their 20s i thought these were like 12 year olds <laughs> i can't be their dad <laughs> He was in the Marines at a real young age, okay? Yeah. That's true, yeah, yeah. I do, well, we're not going to go into it, but they, they do some stuff with young John Winchester, too. That's that's always really delightful. Oh, it's so oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. One thing I like about this part is um, you immediately, they, they set this, they set up this, um, I don't want to say trait, trait's not really the right word, but they set up this cliche that the show is going to keep going with throughout, throughout its life, which is Jeffrey Dean Morgan, John Winchester, grab Sam, hands it Sam to Dean and says, Dean, run, get out of here. Go take care of your brother. I'm going to stay here yep. with your mom. So yep. from the very yep. beginning, he is the world's shittiest father. Like grab both of your kids. You have a four-year-old and an infant and run away. Why are you giving an infant to a four-year-old? This is not appropriate behavior for a father. <laughs> it makes me so angry. And Dean's yeah, like, whatever, really dad, I got it. Yeah. And Dean from the beginning has, has daddy issues all over the place. He's like, oh, yes, yeah. sir. Right away, oh, sir. I'll yeah. do whatever you say. <laughs> So we skip over, uh, then we go into the present day, and uh, we see, is this where Sam and his crew are like partying at the bar, basically? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sam's got a denim jacket, so we know times have changed. Yep. Uh, <laughs> he's a really successful law student, I guess, about to go for a job or something, an internship. I don't mm -hmm. know. He's about to do some law things. It doesn't matter, because it doesn't happen. Spoilers. Spoiler. Spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> is isn't, isn't a law and order like It's It'll just be... this, like, this, swirl, this little swirl of... My life is so perfect right now because his girlfriend's like, boy, I really love you, my boyfriend. And his friends are like, you're so great and successful. Who cares about your family? And he, well, we know how this ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, in rewatching this, I realized that um, Sam is very much like the player character in Dark Souls 1, where if you just mm -hmm. leave him alone, like if Sam just lived his life and didn't try to do anything, everybody would be so much happier. His girlfriend would oh, probably still yeah. be alive. Like, I mean, like all of this stuff, spoiler alert, his, his girlfriend's going to die here in a few minutes, but, um, well, it only took 20 minutes to get to a dark souls reference. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I thought about doing a bloodborne reference whenever you brought up Hunter with a capital H. <laughs> I, was like, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Thanks Jeremy for taking the bullet. on that. If, hey, if, if it's going to happen, you know, it's going to come for me. Like I can't help myself. <laughs> Um, so yeah, they're at the bar and they're celebrating Sam's like inter interview, which is a weird thing to do. But, um, then we go back to Sam's house where him and his extremely hot girlfriend are hanging out and, uh, 
Sam like detects with his you know hunter senses or whatever that someone has broken into the house and then uh gets to drop on Dean and then like there's this extended like kung fu scene yeah, of them it's like, like Jason Bourne kung fu absolutely <laughs> but, like, yeah awkwardly long like they pause and look at each other and there is enough light to know who the other person is and then they continue fighting sure <laughs> like, oh, yeah. okay and then you Only get that time that in the green. series that they use kicks as well oh uh, that's true yeah yeah sorry oh Jeremy. yeah no no it's okay um yeah because sam does like a weird roundhouse kick here that like doesn't go over his knees it looks like <laughs> like he like spins <laughs> yeah, around just... but it's it's not a very hot kick it's very half-hearted <laughs> so yeah this is revealed to be um dean sam's brother who's come back to um because their their dad has gone missing and there's this weird scene where um I don't know what, what Sam is thinking here, but like Dean's like, hey, I need to talk to you alone because the, the girlfriend has wandered out by this point and basically no clothing at all. And, um, I, I just want to say that if my girlfriend woke up hearing me talking to somebody late at night, wanted to come see who it was, I'm I'm going to assume she'd probably put a shirt on. That's or like, like some yeah, pants? Like some pajama pants? Sam, what are you doing? <laughs> she doesn't even comment on how uber creepy Dean is about it. Like I was like, ooh. Yeah, he just he just shows up out of nowhere, starts hitting on his brother's girlfriend. Totally cool, dude. Totally cool. Totally great guy. Yeah, super great. Yeah. Um, but Dean tells him like, "Hey, yo, we need to talk. Like, we have some family business." And Sam is like, "No, anything you can tell me, you can tell her." And then yeah. Dean's like, "It's a hunting trip." And Sam's like, "You need to jet, girl. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> just, what did like, you what think it was gonna be? Show up for? Yeah. <laughs> Look, if this is about our medical insurance, like we can just yeah, talk in front of my girlfriend. He's not there to borrow money. <laughs> well, he's probably there to borrow money. True, true. Um, so yeah, their dad is missing, and Dean convinces Sam to spend basically the weekend um, hunting down his dad. Dad's been on a hunting trip, and he hasn't been home in a few days, as we hear thousands of times in the yep. series. And it's now, I, if people who watch this on Netflix, I bet that they don't have to really experience it the way that we did. Either watching it on TV or watching it on DVD, you get that little intro every single episode. And Netflix, I think, automatically skips those now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I leave the intros on, though, because later in the show, I really like the intros. They get me pumped mm-hmm. for what's going to be happening. So I always watch those. Just those, uh, those uh, leave on. sound clips are just embedded in my brain oh, forever. So good. Saving people, hunting things, Take the things. family business. <laughs> I love all that stuff so much. Like a good oh, yeah. a good time that on YouTube the, uh... is going for all of the uh, like the season summaries that they do at the beginning of every season because <laughs> they always oh, have God. great music and like weird quick cuts and it's just always great. So. I wonder if that music makes it into the Netflix version. I know that some of the music in the episodes gets cut, but if those intros are those altered in any really, way, that's a shame. Really those intros, uh, I'm pretty sure that the um, especially the season finales at least. Uh, when they do those, so you know the they have the stock standard um, Wayward Son okay. that plays. They haven't cut that out uh, of the Netflix stuff. That's too important to the show for them to just rip out that way. Absolutely, yeah. I got to tell you, um, watching this on Netflix, and then my wife was like, "Hey, don't you have these Blu-rays? Like, didn't I buy them buy buy them for you for Christmas?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, let's go put those in." Holy shit, the music, the original music on the Blu-rays, so DVDs, was way better. better. That music, oh my God. In, in many ways, the music really makes the show, especially in the early seasons when you don't know these characters yet. It is just the backbone because you, you see these dudes, these pretty boys riding around in this cool car. Uh, and when you hear like random like shit butt rock coming out of the radio, it just it just kind of drains the scene a little bit. But when you hear that classic rock, like a legitimate 
awesome song coming out of the radio even when it's just faded in the background it adds so much like weight to the scene or it's just so much more i don't know depth to it i know that sounds a little dramatic but it really like it lifts the show up in a lot of scenes it's not dramatic at all like look at just look at the music from this episode like acdc highway to hell Absolutely. acdc black and black like those are those are two like fucking awesome rock ass songs and when you hear them come what... on in the episode it's great and then when you hear him on netflix or when you don't hear it on netflix it's just the worst <laughs> yeah regardless of uh the music being changed in that scene that we're, we'll get to this later but sam picks up all of dean's cassette tapes and he's like you still have cassette tapes what the hell dean and the last <laughs> one that he names as he's naming off bands he says metallica and then dean takes it out of his hand and puts it in and it just starts playing acdc and it has <laughs> always bothered me <laughs> Like, did you mislabel your cassettes, Dean? Do you, What's uh, going on here? Do you think Dean just assumes that uh, Metallica is ACDC because of this? Like, he probably yeah. inherited this he tape, so he doesn't know, know any difference. <laughs> yeah, he might not know the difference. <laughs> Dean going to a Metallica concert and hearing Inner Sandman for the first time and going like, what the fuck is this? Who are these guys? <laughs> doesn't seem that illogical. <laughs> I so, want to bring it back to this scene because we have to get through this exposition. I want right. to talk about this yes. exposition. Yeah, yeah, we we got to get through this, which is always we a good time. We were raised as warriors. <laughs> oh god, Dad's obsession to hunt the thing that killed Mom. I was like, oh my god, someone got paid to write yeah. that. They don't oh use. They don't even use the whole episode for exposition. They use this one three minute scene to tell us <laughs> everything that anybody in any writing meeting has ever come up with. <laughs> That's so uh, it. It sounds like he's exaggerating. You're not because if you watch the the nose exposition ever, (laughs) like he's almost word for word saying what Eric Kripke says that was his first draft for the episode. (laughs) I was like, oh man, that's just basically his pitch to the executives. (laughs) Yep. This is this is the episode Bible, right? Like this is like this is the first page of like, hey, we need to explain what's happening. (laughs) Like let's let's get let's get two characters to do it at each other for no reason. It was it was two thousand five, it was the WB, you know, times were different. They needed to just lay it all out. Yeah, I guess, yeah. But it's still we've I think TV has has gotten so much better in the last ten, eleven years that this looks looks especially bad looking back on it. But it I mean, it's heavy. It's some heavy exposition. I wrote the the only note I took for all this was exposition city. <laughs> also, Sam puts in that really cool like uh, hand scythe thing that we just never see again. It's on the cover of the DVD yeah, too. It's on I was like, well, <laughs> that looks awesome. And then it never showed up again. I was like, oh, it's, just... it's the least practical <laughs> weapon ever. <laughs> but it looks so cool. Yeah. I love, I love, and we do see like during all of this, we get to see like the first time that we we get to see the Impala for the first time, which is the yeah. Impala is basically like so a character good. in the show. Um, which they, it's the Batmobile of the show. It's cooler than the Batmobile, and I know we were going to go back I and forth on, on that, this because but it's pretty cool. You're watching, Jeremy. Let's not bring up Batman because Stephen's going to get mad. <laughs> yeah, I think Kripke described the Impala as a Rottweiler of a car, and I think that's a very apt description. Yeah, especially yeah. in the sound design, because mm-hmm. every time that engine that comes up on the speakers, it's so good. Yeah, there, that Even car is never like board. just going thirty-five miles an hour somewhere. It's always no like. <laughs> <laughs> we should, uh, so it's this scene where, after all the exposition, where they lay out everything that we've said on this podcast, they they say it all, and then Dean's like, "Hey, bud, uh, listen to this recording that Dad left me." And I think it's him saying something about uh, how he's lost or something. I don't remember. 
Yeah. Right. I don't remember. I None of this stuff really matters. <laughs> All I know is that that's where D- Dean is like, well, I got to go find out because he left me this this voicemail. And of course, Sam's first question is, you got EDP on that? Electronic voice phenomenon or whatever. It is. Like, oh, just like riding a bike, Sammy, huh? You don't forget. But of course, that's that's where we're introduced to like the plot of episode one, which yeah. is the woman in white. Uh, when they play the audio of the voicemail backwards, I think, you hear a ghostly woman saying, I can never go home. <laughs> it's risky. <yeah>, <laughs> this, this whole thing is just so... It's just so weird. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, like the way they introduced the the woman in white is really strange. Like, there's a dude in his car who's like on the phone with his girlfriend, and and just in comparison to Sam and Dean, he looks about twelve years old. The dude should not right. be driving a car. Yeah. And then, like, it, and my wife watched this with me, and we both agreed that the woman in white, the actress that they use, is just way too hot to be a hot ghost. Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> just like, way, like was... dial it down a little bit. <laughs> Her like, she's like supposed to try and <laughs> that is that does make it creepy a little bit because i'm just like uh, like i was like oh my god like what would i think if i actually came up on that like i obviously wouldn't let her in because that would be weird if i'm driving down a road that looks like that i'm never stopping one and then two like if she's actually if there's a chick that, that that's that hot just sitting on the side of the road i'm like okay Someone's got like a gun and is waiting in the woods to like come like get the drop on me or something. Sure. Yeah, yeah. It's a honeypot situation, is what you're saying. <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the woman in white is actually pretty. I mean, we just said this, but she's creepy, especially when they show her from far away when she's mm, standing on the yeah. side of the road. Later on, they have her standing on the bridge before she like tips over off the edge of it. Uh, whenever she's shot from afar and just looking before they like do those uh ghostly uh edits that like make the camera skip around a lot mm-hmm. before they do stuff like that when she just stands there as a singular white figure she actually is pretty creepy but supernatural's never exactly uh subtle about these things so the creepiness doesn't last that long but it is what it is pretty much yeah and like we see the woman in white like just murder this chick or excuse me murder this dude <laughs> like i guess i get do they ever actually say what she does to them because like all we see is just blood explode up onto the window we don't what she have, does like, to sam is she sticks his, her fingers in his chest until i guess your heart is supposed heart to explode, explode? <laughs> i guess I yeah yeah, like, oh my god some of the mechanical stuff in this in this show just doesn't make a lot of sense like that shot that you're talking about where we see the car and you can't see her or him because the windows are all fogged up but like all of a sudden blood explodes on the driver's side window and then the windshield and i'm like what angle what are we doing here <laughs> like what that happens a lot though that's like that's a pretty standard intro for a lot of the show that's is true. someone closes yeah. a door and then blood sprays up on the window of that door we should we should get a running count of every time that the show opens with just literally like a blood splatter somewhere because it seems yeah. like it's almost every episode <laughs> so for very story important ones right even in story important ones we'll still get a cold open of some rando dying yeah do you want me to? Uh, do you want me to check Dad's journal for uh, what a woman in white is? I think we need oh, to figure yes, out what, what, what the woman in white is. Can, okay. Can you read to so, us from the dad from Dad's journal, please? Sure, sure, sure. Also known as Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> so this is. I, I looked up more real life folklore. That's why I went to the number one source, Wikipedia, uh, and it says a white lady is a type of female ghost dressed in all white, reportedly seen in rural er- rural areas and associated with some local legends of tragedy. While white lady legends are found in many countries around the world, they are most prominent in parts of Great Britain, Ireland, and the United States. Common to many of them is the theme of losing or being betrayed by a husband, boyfriend, or fiancé. 
uh, as we see in this episode of Supernatural. Uh, do you want me to he- read that one example from uh, Madisonville, Louisiana? Sure, let's do it. Because I wanted to take a real life example of something like this happening, or people reporting something like this happening. <laughs> the so real in, in in Madisonville, Louisiana, there is a legend about a woman called the Silk Lady. Her ghost is said to haunt uh, Palmetto Flats by Highway 22. The story goes that back in the mid-1800s, there was a woman who was riding back from town after seeing her lover off. She was riding down an old logging trail when a snake spooked her horse. She (laughs) fell, hit her head, and died as a result of the injury. Several people have reported her as a woman dressed in a wispy, silky dress and that her feet don't touch the ground. When she sees someone, she is said to cackle like a banshee. Now, that story doesn't involve any uh, betrayed woman, but you get the idea. Sure, yeah. Interesting. And I can just... We can... uh, In the actual episode our woman in white and this is from the supernatural wiki uh then this is about the, the woman that we see is in 1981 24 year old constance welch drowned after she jumped <laughs> drowned after she jumped off sylvania bridge near the centennial highway in jericho california an hour previously she had called 911 and reported that her two children drowned in the bath after she briefly left them unattended in reality she went insane and drowned her children after finding out her husband joseph had been unfaithful since her death, she haunted the highway, appearing as a hitchhiker to young men. Constance would beg to be taken home, but once on arrival to an abandoned old house, she'd protest that she could never go home. She would then kill the young men after she tempted them into being unfaithful. Ten men died on the same five-mile stretch of highway before Sam and Dean Winchester stopped her. Yeah, and just so like the listeners out there know, we're not gonna go. Th- we're not gonna chart the entire episode of Sam and Dean like finding clues no. and like no. pretending to be cops no. and all that stuff. Like because, frankly, like. I had to watch it once already, and I just couldn't bear to live through it again at this point. <laughs> it's uh, it's and it's all fine. Like it's it's you know it's it's relatively well acted. Like it's it's early on in a and like before TV got like super serious and super good. So it's just like a it's just it's just what it is. Like it's just two dudes on the screen like talking to people. But there's nothing really of note that happens until like almost the very end of the episode. <laughs> like yeah, there's right. there's one scene where and we get the book this way where they finally figure out. That uh, the cops figure out that Dean isn't who he's been saying he is. He's not a cop, and so they arrest him. And for he some does reason, everything in his power to get caught. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's, he's like using fake credit cards. He's pretending to be a police officer, even though, he, as you said, he just looks like he's just some random dude hanging out at a mall. He just, he just doesn't, he doesn't want to go free. <laughs> not at all. Now, Dean is very, is the happiest when he's being either pursued or arrested by the police. Like, yeah, that's just, that's just a fact. He's got some real issues, like, <laughs> as a real-life person. Like, <laughs> he's an awful, awful person. He he really is. Like, he's not a cool guy at all. <laughs> like, he's just <laughs> he's not a dude. He's like, to women. He steals money from people. He's just an he's, asshole. And he's very blatant about having fake credit cards. He's like, yep, this is totally my name. Uh, Neil Perk, that's my name. Yeah. Like, okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what he I he always uses classic rock names. I forget what he Yeah, that that's gonna be a thing coming. I don't know that they do it in the very first episode, but whenever the boys introduce themselves and they're pretending to be somebody, it's usually like, you know, one of them is Tom Petty and the other one is the heart slash breakers or something. Like it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's always some classic rock uh duo that they pretend to be, which is good. It's AC and DC. <laughs> yeah, I'm Officer AC, he's Officer DC. <laughs> And everyone's like, well, okay. <laughs> yeah, the cops in this series That's are weird. so fucking right. dumb. <laughs> I do like the part where they go to uh, check into a hotel and, like, he's using his fake credit card. And the and the uh, the clerk is like, oh, well, you know, 
you guys must uh, you you guys must be having a family reunion and like just lets them into the dad's hotel room. Yeah, like, that's <laughs> is, cool. You can totally go in. Or here's the key for it. I'm not even going to take you there. Just here's the key for it. It'll be all right. I always assume that they just pick the lock. I guess that could I, I be the he, case. Yeah, that's yeah, sure. Yeah. But uh, they go into that hotel room and there's just like a serial killer wall. Yeah, crazy <laughs> man room. I think One that that, that motel room is a, is a great representation of John Winchester's mind. When yeah. you walk into that room and you look around, like this is what it's like inside of his head. Yeah, all he sees is stuff about the um, about his wife's murder. Like that's all he's and, worried about. And I'm just gonna say, maybe you guys disagree, but if he didn't spend so much time hanging up all those fucking pictures on every motel room <laughs> he went to, he may maybe he would have found his wife's killer by now. I think about that every time that they set up in a place and then they have this huge <laughs> thing laid out. I'm like, you guys realize you have to take that back down. They check in. And they're like, well, I guess I better up. get to work, and then just start <laughs> to the walls. <laughs> three-hour setup of their crazy person room that'll be up for a weekend i've always said that if uh if i was gonna do a supernatural cosplay at a convention somewhere you can't really just go walking around a salmon eating because you just look like two regular guys what the trick is the trick is you go back to your motel after your hotel after and you've had every inch of that place covered in weird pictures of ghosts and shit so that if you invite any friends over they'll see that and either think you're a serial killer or then they'll finally get the reference yeah i like, might get it at that point i like how in this fantasy land there's a guy that is spending time like decorating his hotel room that also has friends like that there's those two have never met sorry chris i know i know that may have been a little self-insertion fiction there i'm sorry i didn't mean to crush your dreams but yeah that's no it's fun <laughs> should we just get back to the episode or probably we should probably get into it before i make chris cry i'm sorry <laughs> um so we go through all of this and like they're tracking down they finally get to the house um at some point she starts seducing sam or she like wants to kill sam even though sam hasn't ever like cheated on his girlfriend that we've seen like no right? well, he says it himself I, I, I think she knows what they're doing, though, because before that, uh, she possesses Dean's car while they're there investigating. So I, I think she has an idea of what the they're car. doing. Yeah, that's <laughs> man. Well, how no, many times it, does the Impala get possessed? <laughs> like, is <lots>. that <laughs> well until they like lace it with salt or whatever they do to it later? Oh yeah. <clears throat> God, I love I love the internal mechanics of the show so much with the weird so salt good. and the signs and the blood. Oh yep. man, it's, all that stuff is so good. But yeah, like the the twist at the end, um, because Chris, you obviously just read the the thing where she has two kids that she actually drowned, but we don't find that until like the very last of the episode where she cons Sam and Dee to get going to the house and like they're doing the little ghost battle thing, which they do pretty much every episode. And then like two fucking ghost kids just show up out of nowhere and we're like, what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are these kids? Creepy. <laughs> ghost kids Sam, uh, Sam shows up at uh, Constance's husband's house. Who's just this like beaten down, leather faced old man whose oh, wife yeah. and kids are dead? Yeah, uh, he's, he's a super worldly looking dude. Like I was Sam like, shows up, starts so poking him, asking him questions. <laughs> and he's like, wasn't your friend just here bothering me about this? And Sam's like, yeah, that was probably my dad. But like, I'm gonna keep asking you these questions. The dude freaks out, tells him to leave. And Sam's like, oh, and by the way, have you ever heard of a woman in white? Let me tell you about this ghost story to add on to your grief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, I never heard of it. All right, I'll see you later, man. Peace out. Hope you feel terrible. Like, yeah, also, that's exactly. Go easy. Th- he just goes inside and cries. There's <laughs> no way that that dude was married to the hot ghost. By the way, like, there's just no way that that ever, yeah. ever happened. Like, that, absolutely. 
I don't care what he looked like when he was like 20 years younger or whatever, but yeah. like the dude basically looks like Harry Dean Stanton. And like, yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just a, yeah, anyway, I'm not going to keep the age differences in this show will just continue to like annoy me throughout. Like, it's yeah. just, it's just all ridiculous. Um, I do love the picture that they have in the newspaper of her. Cause it's like supposed to be old timey, but it's very obviously like, she looks like a woman does now. Like that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. she in no way looks like someone who like grew up in the fifties or whenever that was supposed to be. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, <laughs> but when they finally get to the house and they're like trying to figure out how to kill her, then the two ghost kids show up. And I like this because had she just never gone into the house before, she always just kill him in the car outside and then like starts yeah. the cycle over again. And then so and the first never back. go home. Yeah. yeah. Now that she's in the house, the kids immediately just like grab onto her and I guess take her to hell. Like it's just they, they just look like she's melting or something. It's really bizarre. The weirdest graphic ever. <laughs> it's a really bizarre CGI, man. Yeah, these are the yeah, episodes when better. they destroy the monsters gets real funky. <laughs> Especially these first few episodes, you're just like, ooh. And that's pretty much it. I think we have um we have our first and what will be a tradition at the end of the episode where Sam and Dean uh, either stop the car. Yeah, they have to stop the car somewhere, pull off to the side of the road, somewhere scenic, and either they're having a beer <laughs> or they're talking to each other over the hood or they're yep. they're not telling each other the secrets that they're keeping from one another, which that's not that's happening right. yet, but we'll we'll get to yep. that. <laughs> and that happens a lot. <laughs> we also just real quick, I, I I had noted that when the when dad's journal is first dropped on the table in front of Dean, uh well we get the the coordinates and that's where we're going to go on episode 2. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a, a beam of light coming in through the window that lands directly <laughs> onto the journal. It's like Captain their Bible. I light, you know, just <laughs> here it is. And then, of course, uh, when we get to it, I, I think it's worth noting because of how often it happens. We get uh, the Impala just goes right through the house, right, right through the front door into the living room. Uh, immediately before that, Dean shoots out the windows of his own car. And I just yeah. want to say this car takes a beating like no other. I mean, it. Like the things they that happen to it at the end of the season, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they have to actually rebuild the entire car. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely insane. So anyway, also, back to the end of the whenever episode. He, whenever he shoots out the window, they haven't established rock salt at this point, right? No, like he but just no. shoots through yeah. the window, and yeah. Sam's like, "That was weird. Don't sh- why'd you shoot at a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> why'd you shoot at a ghost?" <laughs> That should be the. We shouldn't name this this episode pilot. We should name it. Yeah. Why, why did you shoot at a ghost? <laughs> <laughs> we got it. Uh, and that's pretty much anyway. the end. Like that's that's the first episode of what is going to be Ooh, like a twelve quick, season long. Sam series. goes back to real important. Sam goes back <laughs> to uh, his his uh, I guess apartment or whatever he's living in. He's got a huge apartment. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, and then he he lays down on the bed. And then he's like, he, what's his girlfriend's name? I forget. Yes. He says her name. Jess. Yeah. He says her name and she doesn't answer. He's like, okay, that's weird. And then lays down and then uh, looks up at the ceiling. And what do you know? She's pinned to the ceiling again, uh, bleeding from her stomach. And then uh, she's engulfed in fire. Like, uh, just like a dear old mother. Yeah. Kind <laughs> of huge drag. And then Dean, Dean comes back in and grabs him and uh, saves the day once again. Yeah, yeah. For all of his faults, Dean does know when to show up when trouble is around. Like there is usually, a deleted <laughs> scene. Uh, there there is, yeah. It's Dean driving away after dropping off Sam, being you know where Sam has just said, "Listen, I can't be a hunter with you. I got to go back and be a lawyer." 
because that's just what's in my heart. And we all know that to be true, of course. Um, yeah. And Dean's like, whatever, bro, I'm out of here. You know, that's what he sounds like. <laughs> uh, but as he's driving away, the, the streetlights start to flicker, and that's when he knows something is, is wrong and instinctively goes back to Sam's house. Just thought that's worth noting since there's really no explanation for it in the actual. Yeah, he just shows yeah, back he up. He literally like, just hey. shows back up. I just assumed he was coming to ask for that twenty dollars. He forgot to ask for at the right. beginning of the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, After shit. Sam got all dramatic and like, you can whatever you can say in front of me, you can say in front of her. And he was like, "Well, I was just going to ask for money, but uh... <laughs> sure, <laughs> can I borrow money from her too?" <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even need it anymore. Come on, <laughs> yeah, she's dead. What does she need money for? Oh God, yeah. he would totally say something like that. Probably would yeah also i think uh uh this is actually um i don't know if it's is it halloween the night that they're having the party it's halloween weekend yeah so i'm trying to figure out what date it is because on the wiki somewhere i was looking up uh you know just like different uh factoids and stuff this is supposed to be the anniversary of their mother's death oh that could make sense definitely so I was I can't remember um the exact dates or and whatnot. I should probably look those I think up. It's but, early I know it's early November. It's like November second or something like that. They do yeah, say it so, in the episode. So that it, yeah, because he's gone for the weekend with with Dean. They're off on their weekend trip to go hunting with their dad or whatever. Yeah, it um the the mom was killed November second, nineteen eighty three. I don't and know why just, I remembered that. Yeah, they just <laughs> well, they <laughs> say it like six times in the intro <laughs> for the season. <laughs> but yeah, then they just do an eighteen year old, eighteen years later thing. So, yeah. but anyway. yeah, so yeah, that's episode one, I guess. Yeah, and I guess this is going to be like the first and just a long string of Winchester girlfriends, or you know, just women around the Winchesters that die horrible deaths. Especially like, the Sam Winchester curse. Especially Sam Winchester. Yeah. Like once Sam Winchester stings them, they stay stung. Like that's right. No that's fun. right. <laughs> There's just they just all die. It's so sad. <laughs> And that gets us into uh, episode two, which is maybe the most boring episode of television that I've watched this year. <laughs> no, there's definitely worse ones in this season. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good. <laughs> great. It's going to be fun. This season one will be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm actually oh, just I... now looking through the list. And oh, yeah, there's definitely some worst episodes. Episode one actually ends with the last scene is Sam like loading the shotgun and then saying we've got work to do before throwing it into the trunk uh, with that uh, Tarantino camera angle up from the trunk looking at the two brothers and that's a scene that they use a lot at the end of several episodes at least several seasons and this way i know that uh with that repeated line and with that repeated camera angle so i think it's worth noting that it shows up in the first episode i also think they call each other bitch and jerk in this as well which is a ongoing thing between the two Mm -hmm. as they're walking back to the car yeah. It's that it's Seriously that brotherly like you know like oh man you're such a bitch oh no you're such a bitch like it's that kind of like jokey back and forth until like yeah. one of them is gonna get you know in a bad way and actually start meaning that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Which that doesn't happen for a while, but they do find excuses for the brothers to say awful things to each other. It was like, oh, it was this monster, this demon that was saying it. Really? Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I, I was possessed by a passive aggressive ghost. Whoa. <laughs> Like, yeah, we're your siblings. We get it. You don't really like each other that much. It's fine. <laughs> you love each other. You don't like each other. That's just the way it goes. That's, that's that's what siblings are. And the fact that they spend so much time with each other and they have such a fucking toxic family, just like, I, I barely speak to any of my family. Like, we, we text each other more than we talk on the phone. And like, that seems to be working for everybody. Like, yeah. They have to be within six inches of each other at all times sitting in that. So 
There's also, uh, and I, this doesn't, this is going to take us into season two, that um, there's a pretty significant height difference between Sam and Dean, and Sam is <laughs> much, much taller. And pay attention as you're watching these episodes going forward, and you may have caught it when you're watching it, but like they block these scenes almost always where Sam is a good two or three feet behind Dean in any given conversation. So it looks, it kind of <laughs> looks like they're the same height, but they're yeah. not at all. I think Jared Padalecki is something like six, four or six, five. He's, and he's a giant of a human I always being. assumed that Jensen Ackles was, was on the shorter side. Like I'm six feet. Uh, and he looks like he's maybe, I don't know, five, nine compared to mm, Jared Padalecki. Yeah. But I think Jensen Ackles is actually like six, one or six, two. He's taller than I am. Uh, but just next to his gigantic brother. <laughs> and it's it's probably worth noting that like eventually his one of his running nicknames is just Moose. Like yeah. like people just yeah. call that dude a moose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They gave up trying to actually make him look smaller somewhere around season four. They're like, all right, just be huge, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. they can't draw attention away from uh, Jensen being shorter than him, so they just draw attention to the fact that he's freakishly tall. <laughs> Let's get into let's get into season two or excuse me episode two um, and Yo, this is going to be season two let's do it yeah all right the Wendigo right yeah Wendigo <laughs> uh, and just this is this these episodes are going to follow a pretty basic format usually in the first five minutes you're going to see somebody die or get someone disappear the right. next scene we're going to see Sam and Dean like talking about the meta plot in other words they're going to tr- they're still trying to tr- find their dad so we're, they're going to be talking about trying to find their dad. And then, like, immediately ignore finding their dad and just go straight into <laughs> solving these well, weird, Sam like, will, hunter Sam problems. Sam will protest and say they should keep looking for their dad. And it's then true. they'll see someone else die and they'll be like, oh, I feel bad. We should help these people. And I feel a little bit bad for Sam because he actually had a pretty decent life up till about three minutes ago. Like, yeah. he, he was doing okay. Like, going to school. He had a hot girlfriend. He had some, like, very racially diverse friends in a very WB <laughs> kind of way. Like, he seemed to be doing all right. And now, like, he's he's like, well, let's hurry up and find this dad thing so I can go back to my life. And Dean's just committed that this is his life for the rest of his life. So, like, he's just like, no, we ain't got to hurry. Like, let's go take this Wendigo thing out and just see what happens. Yeah. yeah, it's really weird. It's also one of the only times I feel like that they go off the beaten path that way. I mean, they'll drive all over the country uh, to a town or a city to deal with whatever monster is lurking around, but they just go out into like the woods, into the deep woods on this one. And I feel like this is really the only time that they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can't really think of anything because m- m- a majority of the time, I mean, they film the show in Vancouver, so like it's right. Vancouver backgrounds. <laughs> like it's not even when like they're, they'll do some stuff in like Louisiana, and I'm like, dude, these are not trees that are anywhere in the south. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> what are you doing? And it's but that's always t- raining. I'm like, come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's just cable TV. Like we can't really right. Yeah, that, it's a cheap way of adding uh, good texture and lighting. Yeah, that yeah. rain. So, uh, Chris, why don't you set us up for this show and kind of kind of get us into it? So the the cold open, you want to start with that? Yeah. We get these campers, these cool dudes. You know they're cool because they got like puka necklaces on, and they're also playing <laughs> uh, Metroid on DS. They're yes. hanging out in the woods, camping around, and uh, they start to hear some strange noises outside their tent, and a figure appears. We hear some screams. Uh, there's some blood splatter, uh, but the campers are all dragged away from their tents out into the woods by a mysterious creature who's not named in the title. Uh, no, he's totally named in the title. It's a Wendigo. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can I can refer to Dad's journal on this one if you'd like. 
Let's get yeah. into some Dad's Journal. I love Dad's Journal. Now, Dad's Journal on this one is actually just taken from Sam and Dean themselves in the episode. A Wendigo or a Wendigo. I'm not sure how they pronounce it, uh, but I'm going to say Wendigo. Ever. Wendigo is a Cree Indian word. It means evil that devours. They're hundreds of years old. Each was once a man, sometimes an Indian or other times a frontiersman or a miner or a hunter. During some harsh winter, a person finds himself starving, cut off from supplies or help, becomes a cannibal to survive, eating other members of his tribe or camp. Cultures all over the world believe that eating human flesh gives a person certain abilities, speed, strength, immortality. If you eat enough of it, over years, you become this less than human thing. You're always hungry. That's how Sam and Dean refer to this creature. Now, Wendigo is, of course, uh, of Native American folklore, often just tied to cannibals uh, or evil spirits or sometimes just greed, uh, negative qualities of a person, basically by succumbing to these types of things represented through literally eating your fellow man. Uh, that's how you become this this monster thing that can only be killed by fire. Yeah, these campers are really cool, huh? Yeah. Oh, and <laughs> I, I I had noticed once before that they were all playing Metroid, but they're uh, one of the guys, Tommy. I think he's our our, our main camper here. Um, he is reading a book called "A Hero with a Thousand Faces" by Joseph Campbell, and I had never noticed that before, but I realized it's kind of front and center when he's holding it up. So I thought I would I would look up what this book was and. Uh, it seems to actually fit in. So I'm going to just read you guys a, a brief description of the summary of this book. Uh, it, again, from Wikipedia, the, my go-to source for this episode. Death's Journal. So Joseph Campbell, yeah, jo- yeah Death's Journal, uh, the author of this book, explores a theory that important myths from around the world, which have survived for thousands of years, all share a fundamental structure, which Campbell called the monomyth. In a well-known quote from the introduction to The Hero with a Thousand Faces, Campbell sum- uh, summarized the monomyth, and this is the a clip from or an excerpt from that book Uh, a hero ventures forth from the world of a common day into a region of supernatural wonder fabulous forces are there encountered and decisive victory is won the hero comes back from this mysterious adventure with the power to bestow boons on his fellow man and i think the fact that this character oh i dropped my phone everything's fine everybody um (laughs) (laughs) we'll uh, edit that that, out in post don't worry about it I think the fact that this character is is reading this book uh, is clearly supposed to be saying something. I mean, you heard the description. It sounds exactly like what Sam and Dean are doing. They're going out and they're fighting supernatural things and, and, and bringing light to the world as they go along. Don't you uh, mean I just they're that... saving people and they're hunting things? That's family right. business? I forgot they have family <laughs> <laughs> It's like impersonating police officers, hitting on women, the family business. Yeah, the family the business, family. yeah. <clears throat> and eating but as many cheeseburgers was... as they possibly can. It, yeah, as many times as I've seen this episode, I had never noticed the cover of that book, and I thought I'd check it out. And it it seemed to uh, seem to have some meaning. At least they're trying with their set. Yeah, it's actually pretty cool that they would go to that length of uh, say that length, but you know to put in a detail that's like that. You know, even though the hero's journey isn't necessarily an original thing, uh, it's still yeah. really neat that they're that they're paying homage to it or pointing out like, hey, this is what's going to be happening here. Uh, and eventually, I think that the way that they eventually uh, turn the story in later seasons that actually is really cool yep, uh, twist yep. on the hero's journey. Unfortunately, that's probably the most interesting thing that happens in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, we get some we get some stuff where like the dude obviously gets taken. Like one of them walks out, and then like you know he disappears, and there's some weird stuff. And then Sam and Dean are on the scene to investigate, and they start meeting people and interviewing them, and then figuring stuff out. Um, the primary character in this is going to be one of the boys' sisters who has um, contracted some sort of hiker person to like go and track her brother down because her brother has been missing. Um, the last contact with the brother is a 
is a video selfie that he filmed on his Trio yeah. 600. <laughs> oh boy. When I saw that, I was like, oh. Yeah, that's you a, actually do that. That's a device that definitely existed. At some point. He's trying to show off that sweet necklace. <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you, man. I just These want to say are... at the end of the episode when he is in a stretcher being taken to the hospital. He has no shirt on, but he still has that fucking necklace on. Yep. <laughs> These dudes are like total too, pros, man. man like yeah. they are just like leaving. Like they're probably leaving too much bro out in the country. Like they're they're going to bro up the wildlife if they don't watch out. <laughs> oh man, yeah, they go hard for it. Um, I really like this, the interplay between uh, Sam and Dean pretending to be rangers uh, and to, to showing up in the woods to like go track this person down and, and having like, like these a bag of Skittles or something. Yeah, like, <laughs> <laughs> and he's wearing fucking motorcycle boots and jeans. <laughs> uh, but he gets in, they get into like these little like fights, these tense little fights with a sign from Battlestar Galactica, which is always a good time. Um, like and this dude is like not believing that sam and dean know anything and is constantly like doubting what especially once uh dean like they have to make a camp so they make a campfire and dean starts walking around drawing symbols on the ground yeah. <laughs> like, like what? I, a lot of times in supernatural i want to say like just listen to them just just shut up and just let these these hunks tell you what to do but in, the, in this episode i'm like yeah why the fuck would that guy ever listen to what these two snotty kids are saying to him like these, these two weirdos out in the woods with M and M's and yeah, very obviously look like they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and they act like they have no idea what they're doing. And they start drawing magic symbols. I'll be like, all right, I'm putting you two down before this gets any worse. Yeah, this is already way too bizarre. You guys need to jet. Um, but of course, like this works, right? Like they start figuring stuff out, and then like I don't even like what happens in this in this 45 minutes, y'all. <laughs> like all I'm thinking uh, in my head is like this scene, and then the very end scene when they find the cave. I can't th- I can't come up with 30 minutes in between there. They There's realize that the like the because they take out more than it's the it's the sister the actual like uh, ranger dude Sam and Dean and then don't they have like two other random guys with it's, them? It's the sister's little brother who is oh, basically okay. a deaf mute for the majority of the episode. Pretty much, he looks and acts as if he has no idea what's going on, uh, and I always thought that was really funny. But I think it's just them kind of like looking around the woods, Dean being like, hey, Haley, I think her name's Haley. You should trust me and I'm going to keep hitting on you, even though you're very concerned for your brother right now. Uh, They keep hearing uh, voices projected at them. And I think that's basically all that happens while they're out in the woods, because one of the Wendigo's abilities is that it can mimic a human voice, uh, specific human voices to, to lure people out into the woods. And that was actually the only part of this that I had ever recognized from the Wendigo legend. Uh, I remember reading stories as a kid about voices uh mimicked voices calling people away from their camps to go die in the snow somewhere and be eaten by yeah. uh windigo so that's that's really all that happens is they shout they uh or the windigo shouts at them using the voice of the brother uh and then eventually i think the hunter gets like eaten or something like oh that's gotta be him and they're like don't go after it and he's like but i'm going to because i'm i want to be like the guy in jurassic park so here we go exactly like the guy in jurassic park (laughs) i expected him to call the windigo a clever girl (laughs) (laughs) clever girl windigo i love it i do like the fact that um the windigo is like 
present enough of mind to like grab these bros from the woods and like string them up for like safekeeping. Like we're, mm-hmm. I'm just going to leave you on this hook and like in a month I'm going to be hungry and I will come back and eat you, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, that's, uh, that's actually kind of creepy to think about like the, the Wendigo for as little as they actually use it in this episode for more than just to move the plot forward. Cause that's really what they do is they sit around and talk until the Wendigo makes a noise and then the plot moves forward for the episode. Yeah. Uh, but there's like a lot of, um, opportunities, I think missed opportunities for this is actually a really cool creature that kind of just doesn't really do anything. Like they, once you actually, they see it, then they dispatch it pretty quickly, like almost immediately. Uh, and it doesn't really pose a threat to the main. Does it capture Sam or Dean? I think it captures Dean and then they have to follow the, the, the breadcrumbs of actually Sam says, this is better than breadcrumbs. Because he follows a trail right. of M and M's to the yeah, table. it's the Skittles or M and M's or whatever, which is just like yeah. quintessential fucking Dean of like, can you just yeah. picture him like strung up on the when it goes back and just tossing out an M M&M and M at a time? Yeah, <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> but oh, they man. they had their weapons because they realized there was a Wendigo and they needed to torch him, and they so they made some Molotov cocktails, which they immediately they lose. But thankfully, when they're down there in the mines, Dean's able to just find two flare guns ready to yeah. use. Now, I don't know if that's supposed to have been in, like, a camper's backpack that was stolen. It doesn't matter. But that's, yeah. that's the weapon that they're going to use to uh, take down the Banshee. Or not the Banshee, the Wendigo, whatever. <laughs> do, you guys, uh, do you guys carry flare guns when you go camping? Is well, that... usually I do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Okay. Okay. So, cool. Sounds like top cocktails, too? Jeremy. Like, that's a thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't, I, do, I don't carry. Uh, I'm usually not camping deep in the, in the mountains, so I don't think I need a flare gun. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever actually held a flare gun ever in my life. Who knows? Yeah, I don't I just I, I just I really I like the idea of them keeping the flare guns of like, hey, that really worked out. We found these. We should definitely put these in the trunk <laughs> in case we come across another Wendigo. But you oh, don't know man. if they ever do. I don't think so, which is weird because they, they usually will uh, do repeats of monsters and then kind of twist it on its head. You know, they'll think they know how it's going. Yeah, then yeah, it'll yeah. Turn out it's something different. It would be interesting if they did that with a Wendigo. Again. The werewolf with a heart of gold. Yeah, that one. <laughs> um, and then at the end of this episode, we get like just a two sentence, you know, basically plot of like, hey, we should definitely go check out, you know, try to go find dad. And Sam's like, yeah, but I'm going to drive. So I guess he can pick his yeah. shitty music or whatever. Like, well, sure. <clears throat> also, the coordinates that we got in the last episode, that's what brought them here, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And this one, that was it's essentially it's a case that John Winchester didn't have time to finish because this is finally after all these years he I think John Winchester believes he's on the trail of what killed Mary and I don't know if that is why he's stringing Dean along the way that he is uh, but it seems to be just I can't finish this woman in white case Dean here's where I am come check it out I'll leave my journal here I I don't know why he had to like ditch town so quickly uh, but he leaves his journal behind with the coordinates for Dean to go and deal with the Wendigo case. He's not leading Dean to him. He's just leading him to these other cases that he was yeah. working on that he now can't deal with. And I also don't know if he has any knowledge that Sam would be with him at that point, would, would be with Dean. I don't I don't know whenever he figures that out, but the, the episode when we actually finally get to see John by that point, he knows that uh, Sam is there with him. Like, he knows well before he ever meets up with them. And I yeah. think that's eventually it's outright like they Sam confronts Dean Dean about the fact that uh that they are just being sent on errands effect- effectively mm-hmm. that he doesn't have time for. Which this amounts just, to I think sorry, go ahead. 
this just goes into like the Winchesters as a family unit, just not being able to communicate with each other properly. Yeah. Like yeah, this happens in 2005 <laughs> and I understand you don't want to like write letters because demons might pick them up, but I guarantee you there's no like weird demons or Wendigos like checking in your email, like just send no. Dean a fucking email about like, Hey, on the trail, you need to back off for a little while. I got this, you know, go handle these five things. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Or don't you they... th- don't they actually find a monster that gets into people's emails at one point? Like he plays like a, a oh, an IT did. guy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't remember that, but That's sure, so I'll ridiculous. go with it. <laughs> we'll get to it. <laughs> Will we? I might give up on this podcast before that. <laughs> oh man, that's it. That's pretty much the first two episodes. That's a wrap. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to just like just mention again, like if you're watching these episodes on Netflix, don't do that because in this episode alone, there's. Farner, Leonard Skinner, Rush, and Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> like I can, I can guarantee that that's not in Netflix. That's only yeah, on the DVDs. I know that some of the later seasons uh, don't suffer from the music switch issue, mm-hmm. but hundred percent episode or season one is completely replaced with all the music. Yeah, they had no idea because I think at the time uh, WB was actually licensing music that because they had musical acts signed to them so they were just right, using exactly. their license and when that mm-hmm. went away like all of this stuff got way more complicated i'm sure to stream so but yeah I just go go their, seek it out <laughs> go find yeah, the a DVDs. lot of their budget went to getting these songs too that's why they were never able to get uh led zeppelin because it's the most expensive thing to license yeah yeah their or two Metallica highest expenditures really were uh they, were, were music yeah. and protein to bulk sam up so that by the end of season <laughs> one he's <laughs> ripped because this dude gets fucking cut in this season yeah. Yeah, he's like absolutely gigantic. I mean, you got Dean shoving cheeseburgers and like Cheetos into his face, and Sam's ordering salads from episode one on. So yeah. I do kind of like how eventually they do flip around, like how like right now Dean's kind of he's the one that gets all the ladies, and you know Sam's the kind of the the weirdo loser in the corner. But they very quickly kind of switch that around where Dean's the real awkward one. That uh, is always a raging alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah because just shoving cheeseburgers down is about the whole time. Yeah, no, one hundred percent. I love that. Actually, that's what I. One of the things like we've been kind of talking uh, a little bit of, of uh, shade uh, about the show so far, just because these first two episodes, like we said, don't age real well. But eventually, like they, the writers of the show and the showrunners had the foresight to be able to take what was there and then twist and turn it. So that it still it it never like negates anything that came before it, but instead plays off of that and uh, actually makes this earlier stuff actually winds up being a lot cooler because of in context of things that come later. Right, right. Yeah, yeah I like. Even I really like the way their relationship develops over time. Like it's 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 really really interesting, and I like at this point, like I really feel like these two dudes are probably actually brothers because they've probably spent this much time together, Seriously. like doing all this stuff. So. And that really we comes out give, in the way they interact with each other in the screen. We have to give the writers some credit where they are writing for a television show that's on the CW. They have mm-hmm. to be able to work within a set formula. Uh, they have to be able to tell a story within 45 minutes. And there are plenty of people who do it better. But working within this world, I think they do establish a lot. And there are a lot of really great episodes of this. I think a lot of people uh, in the nerd world are able to dismiss dismiss Supernatural very easily. Uh because of what it is on paper and because of certain episodes like these, you know, there, there's not, they're not exactly shining examples of what the show is, but I don't think that I would have watched it more than once. I don't, 
Jeremy, I don't think you'd still be watching it. And I don't think we'd be even entertaining the idea of doing a podcast about it if there wasn't something there worth discussing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Because yeah. as much, and that's like, I, the same thing comes up on the X-Men podcast because that's a show that's really easy to make fun of, but it still like holds a place <laughs> in my heart. And it's exactly the same thing here where like, it's so dumb and it's so charming and it's so great and it's so bad. Like it's all of those <laughs> things together. Like it's, and it makes it fun to talk about because you can, you can pick out things that you, that are just ridiculous, like, you know, a racist truck, or you can pick out things that you absolutely adore, <laughs> like the racist truck. And both of them work just fine. <laughs> I really can't wait to get to that truck. Cause it's pretty great. That's good yeah. stuff. I might be building up the racist truck episode. I haven't watched it in years, so it could be very bad. I don't remember. There's, there's a lot of other surprises in that episode that uh, I think you'll enjoy. Well, I think that's going to that's gonna do it for the show. Um, yeah. yeah. If people want to get in touch with us, Chris, where are you at on the internet? I am at Local Bones on Twitter. Steven? I am at FromSoft Junkie on Twitter. And I am at JG Greer. Tweet to any of us if you've listened to this and you like the show, you want to talk about Supernatural, or we got something incorrect. <laughs> because we don't, we're not fact-checking this shit, y'all. We're just not going to do it. I'm not putting that much time and effort into it. Uh, but if you have any corrections, please send them to, to us, and we'll definitely not read them. So, And uh, with that, we will see you on the next episode. Let's try to do a, like, all three of us do a saving people thing for the outro. You think we can do it? Shipping people, exaggerating things, it's a fandom business. That's not how you...